All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, it's Marlo joined by Casey. And uh, Casey, how are we doing tonight? Marlo, what great fortune have we in an endless universe of infinite matter and energy. We have been given consciousness to gaze upon <laughs> it with, uh, with it all, upon it all, and understand what greater fortune have we to live in America, to stand side by side and podcast with one another on the 12th of July to behold this podcast. What greater fortune? Pipe music kicks in. Like the force of life itself, we are written on the world, a belief etched on the shining machinery of our mind. Immune to vagaries of time, forever entwined in the grip that binds our atoms together. When history collapses, Marlowe, and existence has no meaning, our podcast will still stand for our obligation to fight for an idea, for a conviction, for freedom. For we are the blood of a nation, and we are ever onward into the breach, pressing the charge blind to all except the object of our fury and the roar of our podcast will sunder the to dome of heaven to reach the ears of god himself the number one ranked podcast in your hearts the breeze 132 podcast i'm good marlo how are you wow <laughs> wow wow bringing the I, thunder to start I, this off that, um, as I'm sure you know, Marlo, was yeah. the introduction that Joey Chestnut, uh, paraphrase the introduction uh, of Joey Chestnut during the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. We'll talk more about towards the end of the show. Uh, but that was the most baffling thing I've ever heard. So I sat down and, bas- and transcribed it. <laughs> 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 and I was just going to read it. But then I was like, no, I'm going to act like this is the intro to our podcast. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm fired up now. I'm yeah. ready to go. Ready to go like Joey Chestnut eating 70-some hot dogs. Yeah. About to spit fury into this microphone. There is a bit of weirdness when I was reading this, and I was like, wait a minute. Like, the fact that we put this on the internet, and hypothetically this could, you know, be intertwined with <laughs> history somehow. Uh, not that it would, you know, that it's that important, but like there is a little bit of like living on beyond us that kind of struck a chord with me as I, uh, you know, when history collapses and existence has no meaning. Our podcast, Our podcast. as long as there's internet, <laughs> there's the internet, we'll still be there. So that's that's something. And now we will continue to not live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> expectation <laughs> whatsoever um yeah last day of t-ball for me marlo uh so Ooh. the season is is done my uh first season is under my belt uh coaching that is yeah um and um yeah all right that's how i'm doing how are you one 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 season down uh hopefully you learn oh, from uh, from your rookie mistakes and you're able to carry that into the off season work on what you yeah work on you know just trying to get better just, just trying to get better, better. <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm great. I'm good. Uh, we want softball tonight, so keep on that tip. That's nice. good. Uh, keeping the train rolling. And we have, not only do we have finals basketball to talk about, yep. the All-Star game is going on. Again, I know we talked about things happening, but just it's weird that we have the All-Star game and the finals going on at the same time. But I'm not complaining. I'm sure you're not. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, I'm sure you will. 
Soccer talk about we'll get back. Like you said get back to the hot dog eating contest and some other things down the line. So, as we always do here, we start with our friendly friends, the Badgers. Yeah, well, I, I guess nothing really happened with the Badgers per se, but we continue to see the uh, name and likeness or name and image and likeness, whatever it is, NIL continue to roll out, uh, and it really just. It seems like there are are there well I guess there are no rules. There, okay, so I feel like there's supposed to be rules that are out there, but I keep expecting them to be like read to me or somebody be like, "Look, this is the playbook of how it's going to happen." And yeah. then it just doesn't happen and we hear stories and stories about, you know, obviously last time we talked we talked about Graham Mertz's Transformers logo. Um <laughs> Although now I think, I don't know if I said this at the time, but it looks more like the GameCube logo. Um, yes, we did have a discussion. Well, not online. Yeah, we did, but we I, had I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I'll say it now. So yeah. we had that happen, and that was kind of one of the first things. Now we're seeing um, kind of the Wild Wild West, it seems like. People are getting clothing deals. I followed. I don't know how I followed this one Twitter account, but they're just like partnering with all these athletes I've never heard of at all levels of college yeah. um, competition. Uh, and I'll... Sorts of Our competitions. They're taking on athlete rosters. Yeah. Anyone that's a college athlete, <laughs> sign up, which is yeah. awesome. It pretty much seems like if you have an ability to make a t-shirt, you can yeah. sign college athletes, which is a, an interesting time. I saw, I did see some of Graham Mertz's t-shirts. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Not, the, not the biggest fan? No? No. The, I don't know. Not a fan of the cartoon Mertz? I think no. I, agree. I agree. I forgot who said it. I'm waiting for the Heisman edition, and then maybe I'll purchase one. Yeah, if we get, if we can somehow intertwine his name with Heisman, <laughs> <laughs> I think even you know jokingly like we did with uh, Hornybrook. Yeah, uh, I think that would be really fun, and maybe I'd, I'd go for that. But just like, hey, you know, he's number five. Here's a here's a T-shirt that's number five. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I need that, uh, but there are some interesting things out there. I, I think the craziest thing I saw. Uh, or maybe the most audacious was uh, a Miami gym owner just said he's going to pay five hundred over five hundred thousand dollars to athletes. That was his plan to uh, yeah uh, to use Miami them on so, to, yeah to have them advertise on social media. Which as a gym owner, one who, where how's his marketing budget half a million dollars? Just he's going to get over half a million dollars just to give away to the team. Two. Very smart idea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to have the whole roster of the Miami, uh, not the, I was almost say Dolphins, Miami Hurricanes, yeah. um, the Miami Hurricanes advertise on social media. I'm sure yeah. that will, I'm sure it's going to kill. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to kill. So yeah. just from Jim sure. Origin over, that's that's pretty that's pretty clever. Um, that was I think that's the most ambitious. I don't know if ambitious is the word. Foresight, yeah. one I can see is like as far as, like, cause they, I think it boils down to like five hundred bucks a month in the area, five hundred bucks a month for every player. Oh, okay. So the total is big, right? But yeah, like, that does feel big. When you say it like that, it doesn't feel right. Right. That's what insane. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but um, did you see Masterpiece, son? No, I did not. So Masterpiece, son, who's a three star going into, I think Tennessee Tech, it's an HBCU. Um, he signed a two million dollar deal. Oh, with <laughs> Master P or no, with, with someone? No, he signed it with. Uh, hold on, I had it right here. Uh, this is bad. This is bad radio. Uh, it's great radio. I think it's fantastic so far. Oh, here we go. Yeah, 
No, it's with what's the name of this company? To me, I just had it's it. not no limit. Not no limit records. Not no limit records. It's some Dude. app. It's like it's literally like web app company. Um, which sounds, oh, it sounds way lamer than no no limit records. It does, but two million. Yeah, two million dollars. Two million dollar deal. Web apps America. <laughs> Sounds fake, actually. <laughs> to, be a, to be a brand ambassador, just to be a brand ambassador, Web, Web App America. Could have the No Limit Records. Like, oh man, I want to be sponsored by No Limit Records. Let's yeah, see if we can do that. That'd Absolutely. Um, so, money's flying around, and obviously, it's going to the players, and that's yeah. clearly a change and something that I think you know we encourage and, and think is fair and, and what have you. But from a competitive standpoint, from a these are the teams that matter, and these are the teams that can compete. I guess this might be different short term and long term, but right. does this so short term does it change anything from a compet like a if you're looking at just from the universities, right? If you're is Alabama is going to be Alabama and Clemson again and again and again. Short term and long term, do you see this changing anything, or is it just more or less going to remain the competitive landscape as it is now? If we're talking short term, like two years, three years, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it changes much. But, and I, I think it's, I'll put a caveat on this. I It is the wild rest right now, and I think there's going to be restraints starting to put on this as soon as uh, our national legislation, you know, puts okay, something once out there. Everybody kind of gets on the same page. and Right, exactly. There's going to be guys that are straight in. But, with that said, changing the landscape, short term it won't because you know, people are like people can get in now, whatever they want. Like they, the people that can get in now, they have social media building or they're at some big university. They can do that. But I think where that changes is what type of exposure can you get to be mm-hmm. able to get these deals, right? Right. And that's still gonna that's gonna make the richer richer. Uh, that's gonna be the Alabamas, the Clips, that who's are the Notre Dame's, right? Who have the notoriety. Um, and those will carry more because they'll have more value to be able to have the opportunity to be able to get some of these, you know, some of these deals. Because, you know, if someone if someone is going between some kids coming out and they're going between, uh, I don't know, let's just say Notre Dame or, mm-hmm. you know, I, actually Notre Dame goes against teams in the Big Ten all the time. So like a Notre Dame or Iowa, let's call it, right? Yeah. There's still going to be, like, you go to you're going to get much more exposure going to Notre Dame. Like just saying you're, you play for Notre Dame, you're probably going to get more exposure, like a, a better opportunity to have X number of, of deals than you would at Iowa. That's how I would look at it. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I mean, I yeah. think there's like more opportunity to get like, you know, Hey, you're probably going to sell more t-shirts if you go to Notre Dame or whatever, right. you know, but, yeah. but I think where there might be an advantage, a lot of the big schools are in small towns, right? A lot of, large colleges are in small towns, but maybe there's an advantage to be had by like UCLA or USC, right? Where you're, you're a school in a big town. So there's more advertising dollars to be thrown around. You can, you know, you're, you know, if you're, what's the UCLA guy who just went back, Juzan or whatever, they're forward. Like if you're coming back to LA, you know, maybe there's more dollars there that can be thrown your way. um, than if you're, you know, going to, Oregon, or you're going to Utah or something. So, I I think I agree with you that hey, you know, the people who are throwing money at Alabama now are going to keep throwing money at players at Alabama, 
mm-hmm. but maybe there's a little bit of a change away from, an advantage if you're not a small town. But then you look at Ohio State and it's like that's really just a state. It's not like a yeah. It's not just Columbus. That's that whole state. So if you play, right. you know, quarterback at at Ohio State, like you're, it's not you're not just going to be getting deals from Columbus. You're getting deals from all over the state. Likewise, if you play quarterback at at Madison, right? It's not like you know they're going to be in Green Bay and you know selling different different T-shirts there or right. something. So uh, I can see it staying the same, and then the dollars staying the same, kind of like you mentioned. Uh, but I also think in those larger markets, maybe we'll see some movement, and maybe there'll be an advantage advantage for that. Um, but we'll we'll see. That's the only way I can think it would actually change the competitive landscape. Right. Uh, as opposed to just the benefit for the individual athletes. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit per, not personal, well, kind of personal, but a little bit closer to home. Uh, I saw this idea tossed out on Twitter um, of not just having, you know, current players, you know, names and likeness, jerseys and, and, and T-shirts and whatever. But if you um, could kind of release old players, you know, so you could buy like an official Ron Dane jersey, um from now and I don't know and then the idea was like the money would go to Ron Dane whatever I'm not really concerned about that but let's say that they released official Wisconsin jerseys uh Marla which ones would you want to buy I guess I thought about it as far as football offensive defense of a basketball jersey a hockey jersey anything else I don't know where do you want to start what would be your first I guess retro purchase oof that's a tough one um I don't know I get affinity for I think in like off the top of my head, thinking like Lee Evans would be cool. He can't um, steal mine though. He can't steal. Well, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna steal this one. This is, I guarantee this is on your list. Jimmy Leonard. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd, <laughs> that'd be, be a good, good one. one. That, that would be. A walk on one. It's right? a little. I mean, it's a little too. He was a walk on. You could yeah. do. You could do the holding up the J and the L hand thing. That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he did win a dunk contest, Marlo. True. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I he's from a to... town of like less than four hundred. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I sure think I've heard that. Um, I feel like there would be a little bit too many of those because he's he's still on, he's on the coaching staff. True, true. Uh, so I don't know um, about that. Um, I, Lee Evans was going to be my like. Fine, I'll take Chris Chambers. You can have Lee Evans. Okay, call oh, Chris Chambers. That's a good one. Because I, I don't think I would want to go running back. I think because so when I buy jerseys, Marla, I like to have. I don't like to have like the most obvious one. Like if I'm a Packers fan, I am a Packer. I don't know. Why I said if. Like I'm not gonna have an Aaron Rodgers jersey, right? Because everybody sure. has Aaron Rodgers jerseys. I want to have like you know somebody else, like got it, a Bubba Frank's jersey or something like that's a little bit older. Something like that. <laughs> I think that's cool. So uh, Lee Evans. I mean, that's a very obvious pick. Right? He played for five years and and mm. was amazing. Um, but I think the most fun memories I have, uh, almost. At when I was a student in the student section, involve Lee Evans. So yeah, I think that would be really cool. Um, fine, fine. I'll get a Shabert. I'll get a Shabert jersey. <laughs> Shabert, <laughs> you might have to special order that one. I don't know <laughs> how many how many they would make of that. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive side, I uh, I would like. So what would be really cool? I, I guess is on the defense side. Somehow, you know how they do the split jerseys. Yeah. But if you could do like a three-way jersey oh, of wow. the Watt brothers, ah, I don't know how it would work. Yeah, <laughs> because it can't really be a split jersey. They have the same last name, so that would be weird. Yeah, I can't envision it, but that would be fun. That's um, yeah, obviously into those individually. Um, 
But I think it'd be really cool to have a Scott Starks jersey. Scott Starks, that's a good one. Um, and imagine how people come up to you and talk about the time that he. Yeah. You know uh, who I'm? I'm blanking on the uh, Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton, the time that yeah. he knocked the ball from Kyle Orton. You could just have that conversation all of football Saturday, every Saturday. I <laughs> every think that Saturday. would be a lot of fun. That's good. I like that one. How about this? Uh, Erasmus James. Oh. <laughs> did you know he bought me a shot at a bar once? Oh, did he? Well, to be fair, he bought the whole bar shots, and I was there. Was this when he got drafted? Yeah. Yeah. I did hear <laughs> this story. No, it was the year. Was it when he got drafted, or was it... It was either when he got drafted a year after he came back and he was like, eh, you know, shots of whatever. It was probably some crappy, you know, on me. And they just like lined him up on the bar and I was there. So, you know, yeah, like I, that's awesome. I, I talked about it. That would be that would be a fun one. That'd be a fun one. That's a mean. He was a mean dude. Yeah. Dude. On the field. Yeah. He's nice off the field because he bought me a shot. <laughs> <laughs> on the, on the field. Uh, those are good. All right. Basketball. Um I feel like Kaminsky's a little too on the nose. Okay. Devin Harris was my next thought, but I think I would want to go old, a little bit more old school and go Kirk Petty. Ooh. From Kirk, that, fi- Kirk that final four. Penny. That would be, I think, pretty apropos for me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'll give you a little bit more school. I'll go Michael Finley. I'm sure he needs the Bucks right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The bucks. <laughs> I think technically I'm related to Mike Wilkinson, so <laughs> maybe I'd get one for free then. He's like a distant cousin or something. This has been told to me. I've never looked it up. <laughs> looked into it. But it's been told to me. Uh, so that would be a little too on the nose. Um, I think when I had my longer hair, a Zach Morley jersey would look pretty cool. There you That'd go. That'd be fun. Yep. I like that Just, for you. Zach yeah. Morley. Zach Morley. The hair's short now, so I can't, I can't really pull it off. Um, I don't know who, who do you who would you think for people Marlo? Um, Finley, yeah. you'd like to go? With? Well, yeah, I like Finley just because it's it's older school. But I think yeah, some more present. Oh, who am I thinking? Um, oh man, I could see you wearing a Jordan Taylor jersey. Jordan Taylor, that popped in my head. I think that would. I don't know why, but I think that would fit pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. God, it'd be so cool to have all of these. Yeah. <laughs> would I ever buy all of them? No. But no, <laughs> if they were available, I would. If Google they were, them. I would definitely look at them. Possibly put them in like a checkout cart on the yes. internet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If they're on Amazon, they just be constantly on the checkout cart. Change my mind about a hundred times. Um, later cart. Any one of the chubby punters would be funny. Oh yeah. Didn't even think about that. Uh, so for hockey. A couple from the national uh, championship team when we were in school that I liked, but I think for kind of my family story, I would go with Chelios because my parents tell me all the time about how they went to games and watched Chelios um, back when they were living in the area and younger. Uh, so I think that would be a really cool old school one to have uh, for that. Uh, obviously, Cole Caulfield would be cool. This recent one, uh, Joe Pavelski, another one as well. I'd like any of those hockey sweaters. Uh, that's all. Right. Anything else, Marlo? An old jersey we can reminisce about and act old and be like, <laughs> talk about how we remember things back in our day. Oh man, Joe Thomas would be a cool. Oh yeah, how could we forget Joe Thomas? That's I, I, I was just thinking skill positions. Yeah, that's fair, but yeah, obviously Russell Wilson. But again, there'd be a lot of those. Yeah, there'd be a ton, ton of Russell. Already so a ton of Russells. Um, I'm like seeing I'm like seeing these in my head and I can't I can't put a name to it. So 
<laughs> I think it's a good idea. Let's yeah. make it happen. Let's, let's start a store. We can do. Let's just start a store. Let's just start a store. Sorry. Let's start a store. Reach out to all the former Badgers, especially the ones who've had successful professional careers, and see if they get back to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just slide in some DMs. It's fine. <laughs> what does that not work for us? <laughs> well, we got to shout out our boy Jonathan Orr, of course. Yeah, Jonathan actually been on the pod. Oh, so. how can we forget? Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Orr, for sure. Actually been on the pod, so we can shout out to him. Scott Tolzien. Imagine the conversations you'd have with Adam. <laughs> He's the second most efficient passer in Wisconsin history. Who was... Uh, Hold on. Who's the quarterback? Tyler Donovan. Tyler Donovan. <laughs> but when we beat uh, Auburn, Tyler Donovan is our quarterback. That's great. <laughs> Oh man, so I mean, just so many fun ones, and I just think like how funny it would be to walk around, at, you know, around Camp Randall or you know tailgating and stuff, and be like, "Oh, look, there's that jersey," and you could like, you know, you're not necessarily talk to the person because you know me and talking to random people, right? Um, unless I want to talk about Scott Starks. Uh, I think Scott play. Starks would be the biggest, like for that scenario, would be like the biggest conversation starter. Like that's all you would do every Sunday or Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk talk about that game and the downfall of Kyle Ord's career ever since then. <sighs> So good, so good. All right, uh, that's all I got for Badgers. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the NBA, Marlo. So you did, you did it. You're in the finals, Casey. We're in the finals. We uh, held on, uh, winning the last two games without Giannis, which I guess one of the games didn't have Trey Young, uh, and one did, although he, I, I guess. I had all these hot takes, Marlo. Uh, we didn't record last week. I guess we didn't mention that at the top. You know, life happens sometimes. Fourth of July happens. Um, and I had all these hot takes, very anti-Hawks takes. Uh, what? I don't even know. So Trey Young played in game six when they lost and was pretty bad. Yeah. And the whole broadcast, they were just talking about how impressive it was that it was gritting through it, which I guess, which is true, but he was playing poorly, and he's had poor games like this throughout, throughout the place. He had a lot of really good games, but he had a few bad ones. And, like, I, I was just sitting there going, if he's that hurt, don't play. Like, why are we showering praise on him for playing if he's playing poorly and kind of costing the team the game because he had a lot of really bad turnovers? Did, was that just me being a salty Bucks fan, or, or was that an accurate way to think about that game? Because it felt like the second half of that game was all talking about how impressive the Hawks were. <laughs> While they were losing to the Bucks. it was very strange. So that might just be me. I don't know. Um, but the Bucks did win in six, and that's been kind of a running meme in Bucks fandom, Bucks Twitter. Um, it, which actually I didn't know really know the history of it. It's just kind of been you know what is your serious prediction? And then everybody goes hashtag Bucks and Six. Yeah. Um, this was first said by Brandon Jennings back in 20 th- 2013 when the Bucks were in the playoffs for the first time in like forever. Um, and since he uttered that phrase, the Bucks had failed to win a series in six games, uh, and hadn't been done uh, since he said it. And that is until we beat the Hawks in six. Oh wow! Um, so it was. Something that <laughs> happened eight years ago now, 
um, that just is kind of like lived on uh, in Bucks fandom. That's it, it's really it was really fun to kind of see that come to fruition, and the Bucks make the finals and makes the finals. Uh, they did losing games one and two, and as I look back and kind of prepared the podcast, I couldn't in my memory <laughs> differentiate between the two games. They felt like the same game, although I guess in game two the Bucks did get up early. Uh, a little bit of lead in the first quarter, but it was almost evaporated by the end of the second quarter, or end of the first quarter, excuse me. From then on, it felt very similar. Chris Paul doing Chris Paul things, getting into a spot. Devin Booker doing Devin Booker things, getting into their spot. And in game one... Game one was the Booker game. Game one was the Paul game. That was the Paul game. Game two was the Paul. Paul had 32 points. Game two was the Booker game. He had 31 points. There you go, yeah. So a little bit, so a little bit of differences, but it just so one of the guards kind of felt like they made every shot they needed to, um, and they did just enough on defensive end. Game one from the Bucks side, Giannis just didn't look ready to be back yet. He finished the game with twenty points. He was six of eleven, only taking eleven shots, um, which is which is low for him. He did have seventeen boards, uh, but he didn't seem as effective. He seemed a little bit gassed towards the end of the game. Uh, whereas in game two, he was back with the vengeance. But that game, Holiday and Middleton kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of sucked. Uh, so, again, I said they were different. These are the, I'm guessing, outlining the things that were different about them. But the overall, Suns kind of got out to a larger lead in the second or third quarter. The Bucks couldn't really claw back and really ever get it close. And it really just... Uh, I'm glad we didn't record after game two because it really just felt – I felt very deflated. I felt like yeah. it just seems like this Suns team has our number. It seems like they're going to be able to do just enough in each game to kind of keep us at bay. They have enough other pieces besides their stars, right? Paul and Booker, who both had good games. But, you know, Jay Crowder had a good game. He had a good game in game three as well. Um, I uh, just blanked on some of the other names. Uh, Bridges has had some really bright moments. Um, obviously, they have Cameron Payne coming off the bench, who can be, you know, a flash in the pan. It just felt very deflating, and neither game felt like the Bucks could have really taken it. So going into Game Three, I was a little bit low. Going Game Three happens, and the Bucks just again, it's their home. It's Game Three. There's a little bit of desperation, but they just look like they felt like the better team. They felt like they had the energy. Uh, they felt like they were competing harder on the defensive end and on the boards, and that obviously comes through in the stats and comes through with the win. Giannis was fantastic in Game 3. He was good in Game 2. I should give him credit for that. But in Game 3, he I felt like he really set the tone and really dominated at points in the game. Um, that you, I guess you just didn't feel in Game 2 because the Bucks were behind. He finished with back-to-back 40-10 and 10 games, so 40 points, 10 rebounds in Games 2 and 3. He's the third player ever to do that in the playoffs. It was, I think, 2000 Shaq and then LeBron on the Cavs one of the years, 2014, something like that, and Giannis this year. And then they listed the players who had done it, just scored 40 points in back-to-back games. Um, And obviously LeBron and Shaq were there, and they listed a few others. And then they just went, and Michael Jordan, lots of times, (laughs) multiple times. It was just like this. All these people have done it once, and like Michael Jordan did it a bunch. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Uh, he's he's there, um, doing it more than everybody else, which I just thought was a really really funny throw in. And obviously, as a pro Jordan anti LeBron podcast, I wanted to bring that up. Um, 
But in the last two games, uh, with the 40-point games, this is a point that uh, Nathan Marzian, who, if you're not following him on Twitter, he's a uh, Bucks fan. He's a great follow. Uh, he's really a uh, passionate Bucks fan. Um, and he, his tweet, which I totally agree with, he says, these past two games really show how insanely good Giannis can be if he improves his weaknesses just a little more. Game two, he was making his mid-range shots. Game three, he was knocking down his free throws. So just him kind of being pretty good at two of his quote-unquote weaknesses catapulted him in this 40-10 range that only Shaq and LeBron have been to before. And I just think just shows how great Giannis can't is but also how great he can be so that was really exciting to kind of see that in back-to-back games and see it in a winning capacity in game three um from what was different from game two and game three that gave us the win I, was, I already mentioned the defensive intensity just seemed to be a bit turned up a bit uh but Drew Holiday was felt different one on the defensive end he he's been all over the place on the defensive end I guess throughout the series, but it really stood out to me in Game Three, um, and his shot making in Game Three was much better. Uh, combined in Games One and Two, he shot, I'm going to say, 11 of 35, something like that. Uh, and in this game, he shot in Game Three. Excuse me, he shot eight of 14. So he was very efficient with his shooting. Finished with 21 points. It just felt like when he was going to shoot, I had a confidence it was going to go in where I did not feel that way at all uh, in games one and two. Um, Freaking Jay Crowder is kind of my nemesis in this series, my fan nemesis, just watching him. He never commits a foul in his life, which always annoys the bejesus out of me uh, in an opposing player. Um, And he (laughs) shot six for seven from three. In Game 3, I mean, this game could have got ugly, uh, but Jay Crowder kind of kept him in it, shooting 6-7 for 3, 18 points. Uh, I guess he's kind of coming law of averages. He was 0-5 for 5 in Game 1, uh, but he's just he's out there to get under the skin and get under the skin of me, at least. He does. Uh, and then your boy, Marlo Frank Kaminsky, got some minutes in this game with yeah. Saric out. Uh Little nervy minutes, got a couple buckets, got kind of toasted on defense a little bit. It's going to be tough seeing him out there, I think, in this series. What did you think of the Kaminsky minutes? Yeah, it is. Um, as soon as it, or what's this, who, who got injured again? I forget his name. Uh, Sarge. Sarge. Yeah, as soon as he got, we went down, thought Kaminsky was up. Um, yeah, good to see the guy running around. It's, uh, you know, it seems like his, his minutes were very scarce uh, before the injury. So he's getting his feet up under him, uh, working some, I think I saw him do a pick and roll uh, at game three. I was like, oh, that's so familiar. Why don't you do that more? You got Chris Paul. But then I realized, uh, yeah, that's, you know, (laughs) Kaminsky is Kaminsky uh, at this point in his career. But it's good to see him out there. Good to see the boy out there because he was becoming a, uh, he still is, but he was becoming, you know, the bench guy. That they started to zoom to every every time because he was doing something. Yeah, it was weird with him. I guess he was playing this game, but I noticed him on the bench. All the other bench players were in their warm up. <coughs> Kaminsky's not. Yeah, but I guess he was expecting expecting to get in. Uh, one of the other differences, I guess, in this in game three was Aiton was in foul trouble. So a combination of things. One, the Bucks went a little smaller, playing Giannis at the five. 
which makes it a little harder for Aiton to be out there. Uh, also, he was in foul trouble. He only had 24 minutes. He shot extremely well. I think he shot made seven of his first eight shots, something like that. Uh, finished with 18 points, but he was a little bit less effective um, in Game 3. Uh, something I forgot to bring up earlier. Anything else? Bucks. Uh, so confidence meter, Marlo. I mean, being down 2-0, you got to win all the home games. So Game 4 is still a must-win. Um, I've... I'm hoping that. So I feel like we've made a, we made enough adjustments to win game three. And supposing the Suns can't make counter adjustments, I ex, I hope to win game. I almost said expect. I don't expect. I hope to win game four and really make it a series. Uh, and then you're down. If we win game four, you're down to a three game series. You know, obviously two on the road, but I think at that point you kind of have the momentum. Then they need to win game six. I'm sorry, game five back at home. Comes a lot of pressure, a lot of nerves that they haven't had yet. Uh, I'd say, I don't know. What scale should I use, Marlo? I can't even think of a scale to use on how nervous or confident Let's I am. Scale one to ten. Where are you at? One to ten. One being like, it's over, I've given up. And ten being like, yeah. we got this, no problem. Yep. Like a four. Four. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's not terrible. Because I... I, I, so I'm fa- four is kind of factoring in. We win game four. If we lose game four, it, I'm like at a one. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's not a series. I feel like it's over if the home team loses, right? Yeah. Um, which I hope will be game five. Yeah. Which can we talk about the Deer District for a second? We can. Yeah. I think it's it's getting huge. They make a they made a new section, right? It started off mm-hmm. as just like a what section? Now it's I don't. I've never been down to the new form. So, I don't know exactly how that's set up, but it just it looks like they're rocking. They're having a good time. Shout yeah. out to our girl DJ Shauna, yeah, for for leading that up again. You come on the podcast, you blow up. If anybody's looking to blow up, come be a guest. <laughs> yeah, um, but, direct, direct correlation. <laughs> direct correlation. Uh, so yeah, that looks fun. They, I don't know. Like I feel like, does it? You're not a fan. <laughs> I love that it exists. Yeah, it looks insane. It looks like people there are having fun. Right. So I, I look at Deer it would not be fun for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can see that. I feel like one of the first ones of these, maybe it wasn't, but the first noticeable one was when the Raptors were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that always looked lame. I think Miami tried to do it. That's just people trying to look cool. But I feel like. They, the 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 deer district it's like it just seems electric because it seems like there's people that out there that care or they're just having a really really good time but either way it looks fun as opposed to when oh, yeah. it was like the toronto raptors where they didn't know how to do anything yeah well one i think so they built when they built the stadium they had this idea in mind so they built the stadium the shops the you know, surrounding restaurants and bars and stuff with the idea of having this area in mind. So they kind of, I think, saw what Toronto did. Like you, that's the first one I I really remember happening. I know they've done, like, watch parties, you know, in stadiums before, but that was the first time I remember kind of like a crowd outside uh, to to cheer it on and watch uh, associated with the team, Um, at least with the first one that was was televised or, or, or they kind of kept cutting to. Um, so I think it was a little bit more planned to have it. So that makes it, you know, it's set up better for 
the fans to set up better to kind of show on TV yeah. what's going on, um, which I think was was really smart planning. Um, yeah, and people people do look like they're having a blast and having fun. I just, you know, I'd be there. I'd be like, "Where's the bathroom? <laughs> Why are you so I close? Gotta I gotta wait. How long for a bit? Oh my god, I could have just been on my couch." Um, yeah, no, it 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 it, it looks great. Um, I know a couple people have gone down, uh, and and they've loved it. Um, my brother was at game three. Oh wow, that's cool. He he. He he invited me. Um, he was like, "We're getting tickets," and I said, "How much are tickets?" He said, "This much." I said, "I'm. I, I don't think I don't think I can do that." It was it was a lot of money, a lot more than I've. It's probably four times more than I'd ever spent on a ticket. Oof. So, so it was very expensive. Um, but he went and he had a blast, and they won. Yeah. So there you go. Can so, never take that away. Uh, yeah, I think I, I heard twenty five thousand in the Deer District. Jeez. It's crazy. That's crazy. Kids. Kids these days. Crazy kids. All right. Um, All right. That's anything else in the Bucks, Marlo? Any other? No, I think I think we covered it. We're at a we're at a four. We'll see how good. We're at a four. four. If Giannis continues to be awesome, which I expect him to do, all we need is Drew and Chris to be good. And I think we'll be alright. Not great. But not terrible. Just not. Don't be terrible. Right. Don't be terrible. That's a good. <laughs> we'll that's right. a good coaching line. Don't be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be terrible. <laughs> don't f this up for me. I <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's just coaching you can translate to when you coach T ball. Yeah. <laughs> don't f this up, there. kid. Just don't f this up for me, kid. <laughs> Got a lot of riding on this. All right. Uh, that is basketball. I don't think anything else happened basketball outside of the finals. Um, I'm not really paying attention to anything else. Other than that, if it did, um, on to baseball moral of the All-Star game. It's All-Star week? I thought it was a weekend. It's not a weekend now. It's definitely not a weekend. Started on Monday for some reason. Started on Monday. The home run derby today. I think I saw Pete Alonzo won it. He beat Trey Mancini, who was the better story because he's coming back from surviving cancer. Made it all the way to the finals. Um... Yeah, so Pete Alonso back to back. I think he won it last year, which was his rookie year. I guess he's just born to win those. Uh, obviously, we didn't really watch it as we were kind of getting ready for the podcast, uh, so I couldn't watch it too much. Uh, but where are you at on the All Star Game, Marlo? Uh, is it some, so? Is it must see TV? Is it something you'll watch if you're around? Do you not even care? Would you rather watch something else? Where is does the All Star game, game? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, sure. definitely not watching it because it's going to go up against definitely the finals, right? Um, oh yeah, it's a good job by MLB. Is it tomorrow? I assumed it was tomorrow. Yeah, I'll make this. I think I feel like it's. Tomorrow. We're getting the stats department on it. Um, but even if it's even if it's, it's not, not really a stat. So if it's if it's tomorrow, it's definitely <laughs> not. It's taking a back seat, right? One hundred percent. Oh, we are we are also missing the All Star Celebrity Softball Game, Marl. That's happening now. Ah shoot, I didn't get my there end right. Um, they knew yet they knew you had to play today. So <laughs> you were already. Yeah, the MLB All Star Game Tuesday. Yeah, so no, going up against yeah, the finals. Tuesday. No, the finals is Wednesday. Oh, there's not a game tomorrow. Shoot. All right, never mind. Pretty sure I'll watch it. I'll tune Wednesday. in. I'll tune in. Yeah, I'll tune in. I don't know if it's mu- if it's must see. Like I like it now. Um, you know that there's we got what? Well, I like you know see what the White Sox players are doing. Um, 
you know, see some of the favorites. I'll kind of go in and I'll, I'll go in and out unless it's unless it's kind of unless it's, you know. And then towards the latter of if it's a good game, you know, past the seventh inning, I'll start watching with intent, you know. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of people say they like the baseball All Star game because they can they can play like they would play a real game, and they do for the most part. Yeah, no, actually, they do. Um, but with that said, it's like. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I'm all in. Sometimes I'm not. This season, I'm like, yeah, we'll see. But I don't know if it's going to draw me in. I am. I'm a little bit more into it than you. Um, I'll watch it. I like the matchups. I think it's fun. Um, at least from a competitive standpoint, like you said, it's pretty good. I'm looking at who's playing in this. Uh, I, I turned on the All Star, the softball game, and the Miz was talking. Ooh, the Miz. So that's great. Quavo is up right now. I don't know who that is. I don't know who these people. The Miz is there. DK Metcalf is there. Oh boy. Bunch of. He's fast. Cece Bathia is there. Derek White. He's apparently a basketball player. Oh, Jenny Finch. She's one of the team captains. Hunter Pence. Well, he's a baseball player. Yeah, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> All right. Residente. Is that a person? That's a. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's basically artists and <laughs> singers I've never heard of. So that's fun. Yeah, good I can't wait to watch that when we're done recording. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy the All-Star game. Um, to see the matchups, I'm excited to see what Otani's going to do. So let's talk about him now. Otani, he's going to be he's gonna pitch. He's going to be the first pitcher, and he's going to bat first. So he's the first player ever to be a pitcher, position player, and position player at the All-Star game, which is pretty exciting, pretty unique to see. He kind of... Well, he lost in the first round of the Home Run Derby, which is a little disappointing, although it was probably the most entertaining part of the Home Run Derby because he went up against Juan Soto, uh, and he they went to, I guess, like double overtime as it would be. They tied through the normal one, and then they each had one minute, and they tied through that, and then the kind of tiebreaker is you get three hits, and Juan Soto went first, and he hit all three of them as home runs, and Otani's first one wasn't a home run, so it was over. But that was really exciting. Um It'll be fun to see Otani because I never see him because he plays in Los Angeles and he's probably the most. I don't know if he's the best player in baseball. You can certainly make the argument. I know nerds will make the argument with their war, um, but he's definitely the most interesting. So I'm yeah, excited. He's, to I would say he's the most fascinating. The most yeah, fascinating sure. player uh, right now. Yeah, to see that I always like see you know watching my team's players who we'll talk about in a second in there. Um, and then just the individual matchups that you can get, although I think I say this every year, but that's less interesting because we have interleague play now. But um, still see still see some of the best facing up against each other is always is always really fun. Um, I'll try to get my kids to watch it, and they'll, I'm sure this year won't be interested at all. I just remember when I was young being like, wow, oh, the yeah. All-Star game. Oh, I know yeah. all these people. Yeah, for 100%. I remember young, there was, yeah, you knew all those people. Um, it was a it was a joy to watch, and I'm talking like before the "Hey, we're gonna make it mean something" games. Yeah, but you know there was a little bit a little bit of joking around as much as you could do in baseball. I remember, um, oh man, what was the pitcher's name? Long Randy Johnson. Yeah, throwing that uh, that wild pitch kind of on purpose over as it. Uh, oh, I see his face. I can't remember the guy They're from Philly, Kurt. Anyways, but. Uh, I mean, just just where it's like that, um, and then you get the moments where it's like, 
Barry Bonds getting robbed of a home run in a, in a in an All Star game, which yeah. is which is awesome to see. So, but yeah, to, to yeah, your point, like I haven't had the time or ever to get to know all these players, and you know, and even like the you know who are the, the superstars, right? Right. I think I think you're alluding like the early, the late mid to mid '90s, where I felt like it was yeah, a golden era baseball, where a lot of superstars were in the game. Right, and it's like, oh, I'm going to be able to watch Greg Maddox pitch to Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, exactly. And being like super hyped about yep. that, or or you know, Randy Johnson pitching to Chipper Jones or something. I'm just, I guess, I, I, apparently, I just wanted to see the the uh, Mariners play the Braves. I guess <laughs> in this analogy. But as a matter, you know Frank Thomas or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I remember like wanting to see these matchups, um, and, and it being so cool. And I think that was a lot because I collected baseball cards, so it was like you know I would have these matchups in my head, and I would be able to relate to it a little bit more um, when I'm you know ten years old or whatever. <laughs> so there's still a little bit, a little bit of that magic in the All Star game to me. And I turn it on, and it's just you know the announcers going on and on about stuff and just trying to have fun. And it's like this is not what I remember, but nonetheless. I still enjoy it a lot. We'll try to get my kids to watch it. I can ah, I should do the whole thing where I'm old and I complain where I complain about it being on so late, so the kids can't watch it. And it's killing, and how that's killing the game. Yeah, I, that's a good, that's a fun take to always hear. Um, but there, so I won't do that, even though I just did it. Um, <laughs> uh, from a local standpoint, Marlo, the Brewers have now four pitch. Well, kind of still three. Uh, they. It was announced that they had three pitchers, uh, Woodruff, um, uh, Hader, and Corbin Burns were all stars. Uh, Woodruff withdrew because he pitched too recently, so Freddie Peralta is now in. So I think they all it still technically counts as four, four pitchers going, um, even though three will only three will be there uh, to actually be able to to pitch in the game. Uh, but I think that just kind of highlights. The Brewers are still in first place despite a pretty rough uh, series against the Reds, losing three of four with some terrible, terrible officiating uh, disasters in that series. Um, but we don't like to, you know, yeah. get into that sort of thing nope, on this podcast, never. so I never won't go talk into about refs or umps. Yeah, we won't go into that too much more. Um, but now I, der- I derailed my own thought. Uh, but so it just shows uh, first place Brewers the fact that they don't have. I guess Omar Navarro is is going okay, so they have a position player. But initially, uh, they didn't have a position player going and had three pitchers going. Just shows the dominance uh, and how well the Brewers pitching has been uh, has been this season. Um, but now Navarro is going because I think both Posey and Molina, who were in over him, couldn't can't go. And it is ridiculous that Molina was in over him, but that's just kind of a you know people know that name because he's played for a thousand years. And that's why he got voted in, but I digress. Um, so yeah, a couple, some Brewers representation, which will be fun to see. Marlo, how about your White Sox? Yeah, speaking of down pitchers, White Sox have three pitchers going as well, as well as a position player in Tim Anderson uh, to represent AL for for the White Sox, um, and that, that's kind of the, a testament to where they are right now. Um, you know, they're currently in first place. On a pretty decent, a pretty pretty decent win streak. I've um, had mm-hmm. a number of injuries, but these guys have been able to step up and uh, and really carry carry the team up until this this point in the season. So it's cool. It's good to see. It's good to see some uh, some more White Sox players on the All Star game again. That that kind of piques my interest a little bit. When are they going to get in? How many pitches are they going to get? Right. 
Uh, when is Tim going to be able to bat? You know, how many bats he's get? He's probably going to get like one. But right. those are but, but <laughs> those are the things that, that kind of keep me in the game. Right. Is, are there any were there any White Sox players who like you think should have been or like the narrative is that they they got hosed by not being well, there? It's or like or a Bray. I mean, a Bray was hurt right now, so that's probably a big part yeah. of it. But he was definitely. I mean, even with his stats up until the, you know a couple weeks ago when he got hurt, they were still there. Um, but I think currently playing, I, I, I don't I don't think anything like deserves a snub, the snub part. Mm. But yeah. Okay, for the Brewers, Navarez was the the snub, yeah. uh, because especially since Molina got in on you know the whole Cardinals rivalry, and the Cardinals being the Cardinals and Molina being Molina, just was really annoying. But he, I think his foot's hurt or something, uh, so he wasn't able to go. So that was the one that you kind of pointed to and said he should have been there. But other than that, I, I don't think any position player even was close to being. Uh, I guess you could argue Willie Domus, but he was only on the team for like a third of the season, so. Uh, but he's been great since he's been there. So, all right, All-Star game tomorrow. You got moderately excited. AL always wins AL. these things, doesn't it? Yep, AL. All right. Anything else on baseball? I just so I think the AL wins. All I want is that the Brewer pitcher doesn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's avoid disaster on the pitching end and hope for hits on the offensive end. That's pretty much how I watch Brewers in, in All-Star games. Um, but I could see, I could see. Uh, I feel like Freddie just pitched. So I could see him being one of the pitchers not used if they don't use all of them. So that's it for baseball. All right. That's all I got. You got anything nope, else? Nope, that's it on baseball. Uh, now we get to what everyone's been waiting for. They've been dying to hear it. Casey's corner kick. Oh, man, this is – what a weekend it was for soccer. Um, I, I ha- It's disappointing because there was this whole narrative that was possible – um, one of the two uh, hit, the other didn't. Um, um, not a redemptive narrative, that isn't really it, but like a, a kind of finally turning the page or achievement um, happening. Uh, half. Uh, let's start with the positive half. In the Copa America, Argentina-Brazil final. It's always amazing when these two teams play. And the Copa America from, I'd say, basically throughout the knockout stages, but definitely semifinals and final. Just there was an intensity to these games. And a lot of times that can go one of two ways. Um, it can just be a flop fest and really frustrating to watch. But in uh, the semifinals and finals of Copa America, it was very aggressive. There was, sure, you know, people going down. But there were a lot of aggressive tackles. There were a lot of hard yellow cards. It was really entertaining to see a lot of good soccer. Um, in the final, Argentina versus Brazil was no different. Uh, Messi finally wins. And then this is the headline kind of, I guess, for the weekend for me uh, as a Messi fan. He finally wins his international trigger. He finally gets that bugaboo off of his back. He had been in nine finals before this. This is the first win. He's now one in ten in finals. Um and, yeah, he achieves the one thing that has eluded him his entire career. He was fantastic in this tournament. I think he had the most goals and the most assists, um, which is 
it's just funny how soccer works sometimes because he was probably the best player throughout the tournament. Uh, but in the final, he wasn't really a factor. <laughs> he was there. He actually botched a chance to seal the game. He had um, essentially a one-on-one with the keeper that he just kind of fumbled and the keeper was able to save uh, that would have put them up 2-0. to zero. Uh, He was, I don't want to say non-existent, but he wasn't in posing himself on the game like he had in other games in the final. But that's the game his team wins 1-0 over Brazil to win the Copa America Cup. Uh, it's just, I don't know, uh, ironic, I guess, might be the word. Um, in either the real sense or the fake sense, I always confuse the general meaning of ironic up with the literal meaning of ironic. But one of those two... Yeah, and one of the In one of those two ways, it was ironic that he was relatively poor in the final that he actually won. Um, but their Argentina game plan was fantastic. Going up 1-0, and I think it was the 23rd minute on a fantastic Di Maria goal. Uh, Di Maria, one of the players who often frustrated me in the finals, kind of, in my mind, letting Messi down, although that's a really harsh way to look at a soccer player and uh, his contribution to a team, uh, finally gets the goal and then uh, like immediately hurts himself. Uh, but was able to play through it. Uh, but they just came with an intensity, a fierceness, a ferocity in the match. They had so many hard tackles into Brazil players. They racked up so many yellow cards, but they were all like thought out. They were all at the right time, uh, and they just did so well in disrupting the Brazilian attack, and Brazil just threw on more and more forwards to try and attack more. Neymar was really good. He was... You know, creating in spaces, but then he would just run into another Argentinian player who was ready to take him out. And this, it's not that Argentina is the first team to ever try this against Brazil, because believe me, that's most of what South America does, or maybe possibly the world does against Brazil, is you try to kind of rough them up, make, make the game ugly, slow the game down, get your chances. But Argentina was able to do it successfully. Uh, because of their intensity, because of their work rate, because of their recovery, because of their aggressiveness, and it was an amazing match to watch. Uh, and it was so cool in the final moments. Uh, the whistle blows, Messi falls to his knees, and you just see the entire team kind of swarm around him to celebrate their victory with him. Then they lift him up, they're throwing him up. It was just kind of a culmination of his career that was just really, really so cool to witness and so cool to watch um, from my personal you know fan standpoint um so then with that backdrop that happened saturday night the euros happened on sunday and i kind of thought there's no way that this game can kind of live up to to that game as far as an entertainment value and i guess for a large part it didn't in the sense that there wasn't a lot of back and forth there wasn't as many uh it didn't feel like as much in- intensity uh that might not be the right word but there wasn't as much I guess, vigor in the game uh, between England and and Italy. And that was probably because England scored right away in the fourth minute. So England scored in the fourth minute. Um, Travis Shaw, I believe, got the goal. I'm blanking now, but I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, and then it, England just kind of defended. And they were like, we're going to try to win this game 1-0, to zero, uh, which I think was a mistake. And I thought they should have put a little bit – obviously, it's easy to say that in hindsight, but even watching the game, it felt like their counterattacks weren't being effective enough to just sit back and hope you catch them on the counter. They needed a little bit more uh, play through the midfield 
to get those forwards involved, to get Sterling, to get Kane involved. When they tried to hit him on the counter, they just seemed like they hadn't had the ball in a while, didn't really know what to do with it. They needed more cohesiveness through their team, but they sat back too much, and they waited for Italy to attack. And Italy just kept coming in, in wave after wave um, and finally got their goal in uh, around the 60th minute, and then that changed the game. England still didn't feel like they were coming forward to attack. They held on into extra time, um, and it went down to pe- extra time and into penalty kick. So I guess for what the Copa America had in intensity and kind of fun soccer, Euro had in the dr- uh, dramatics uh, because you had extra time, which is always dramatic, and then you had penalty kicks, and you kind of came into the penalty kicks with the knowledge that, hey, England screws these things up all the time. <laughs> Italy has been relatively successful at them. So in a fan's mind, in my mind, as I'm sitting there, I have this expectation you presume that the players don't. I guess Italy's players would kind of have a a comfort in being in penalty kicks. They advanced uh, on penalty kicks um, against against Spain in the semifinal. So you go into this, and I just I I, I was surprised how much I ended up rooting for England just because I. I didn't going into the game. I don't think I really cared who won. I wanted it to be an entertaining game, um, but I wanted. I did, I guess I didn't want England to lose in PKs, just because it it just felt too heartbreaking. It felt too tough for them, and then of course, of course, that is what happens. Uh, England subbed on two players specifically to take penalty kicks at the end of extra time. They subbed on Rashford, and they subbed on. Uh, uh, Jordan Sancho, um, both of whom missed their penalty kicks, um, and I guess this was this was just so, so extremely heartbreaking for England fans. So Rashford misses; he hits the post. He does everything right. He gets the goalkeeper to dive to the wrong side. The goalkeeper dives to the shooter's right, so Rashford shoots left, and he hits the post. He was just too accurate with it. He just needed to put it anywhere else, anywhere on the left side, and he couldn't do it. Um, Kane and Maguire make theirs. Sancho comes on. It's a relatively bad penalty kick, but the goalkeeper happens to guess that way, makes the save. So it comes down to Jorginho, who's Italy's last kicker. He's does this jerkish thing where he does this little skip, and then he just he tries to get the goalkeeper to move. So he does a little skip, and then he just tries to pass it when the goalkeeper dives to one way or the other. Pickford does amazingly. England's goalkeeper does amazingly. Gets the save on Jorginho. So now, the next England kicker, he, he, he saved the game. The, the penalties go on. And it's just so cruel to give England this chance, this opportunity. Pickford's in this moment a hero because he made this save, a save he probably shouldn't make, a save that catapults him to like iconic level in England only for Saka to come up. He's 19 years old. He's the youngest player ever to attempt a penalty kick in a Euros. And he just doesn't kick a good kick. The goalkeeper again guesses the right way. And England lose. It's just like they had all this hope from the save and it's just immediately crushed by a missed penalty. And it was just the most agonizing. Honestly, I don't think you could have written a script that made it more agonizing for England fans. Maybe a later goal to tie it than what tied it, but absolutely brutal for England. 
Italy, uh, deserving champions. They were they were probably out and out the best team throughout the tournament. Uh, they survived uh, the Spain game. Uh, they played so well in the group stages. Uh, they uh, were stout enough to defend in this game um, and, and creative enough to get the one goal that they had and to win on penalties. Um, they're deserving champions, but absolute heartbreak <laughs> for England. Um, so, I, I, uh, entertaining, dramatic weekend of soccer. Uh, I know you enjoyed it, Marlo, I'm sure. Yep, always. Um, and I know everybody's kind of looking around going, shoot, Copa America and the Euros are over. What do I do now? No worries, Marlo. The Gold Cup is here Gold Cup. to entertain you. Uh, and, of course, the Gold Cup is uh, the competition of the CONCACAF teams. Similar, you might be saying, hey, didn't we do this with the Nations League? We did. <laughs> this is literally pretty much the same thing, but we're doing it again for an actual thing that wasn't just made up like a year ago. It's the Gold Cup. USA is in a group with um, uh, Can- it's USA, Canada, um, Martinique and uh, who did we play? Yeah, hey, she, uh, hey, Haiti, excuse me. Uh, so that's our group. We beat Haiti 1 0 yesterday. Um, gotta get out of that. Gold Cup's here. There you go. That was the throw. That was really long. I'm sorry. All right. There it is. Case score kick. Um, going into some throw ins here. Yeah, let's go through. We start out with uh, Nathan's hot dog eating yeah, contest, Marlon. we beginning. Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Yeah, we. Did not in all our infinite matter, we were there to witness it. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the hot. Are you talk about the hot dog eating contest itself? Hot dog eating contest gate. How ESPN messed like it? it the broadcast got messed up. Yeah, was it? So <laughs> I infuriating. mean, so it was like the the only once a year during ten minutes. It's all you need, and that just happened to be the time that you couldn't get the broadcast correct. It was. Bull. The whole broadcast worked except for like four of the ten minutes yeah. of the actual eating of the hot dogs, which is freaking disgusting. <laughs> so speaking of getting your family to watch, I'll probably be unsuccessful with uh, the All-Star game. But God darn it, was I successful in getting everybody to watch the hot dog eating contest? And we all just sat there and we're like, "You, <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Why are they? Why are they? The in the in. Okay, so I don't know how ESPN how that works. I don't know what a what a colossal mistake by ESPN to have that happen, right? I mean, yeah. just it's like uh, you can't do that. You can't do that, ESPN. You're the the worldwide leader, and and, and that happens. Um, which totally threw it off because I'm like, is it is my TV broke? Right. I'm streaming yeah. it. Like, is my internet broke? Yep. Is it something with that? But then I see the bottom line scrolling still. Yeah, what a total, what a total letdown. Uh, the intros, obviously, I read Joey Chestnuts, but all of them were hilarious. Everybody has their own little like sh- gimmick or shtick. It's I mean, it was like wrestling the way they come out. It was absolutely hilarious. There was uh, Joey Chestnut, obviously, Chestnut, obviously the hot dog eating champion. Uh, there was a kale eating champion there. There was a cheese curd eating champion Ooh. there, and there was one more that I can't remember right now. Uh, but yeah, lots of lots of challenges. Apparently, Joey Chestnut can only eat hot dogs. I don't know. He can't eat the other things. <laughs> Um, it's focus, man. He Breaking records. broke his record, right? 76, yep. 77, something yep. like that. 76. Impressive, I guess. It was disgusting. Hot dogs. 76 hot dogs, period. But 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. 
Yeah. It's wild. It's crazy. How many? Okay. So you have 10 minutes, Marlo. Yeah. How many hot dogs in my Okay. Name? Not even. Not even. You have an hour. <laughs> okay. How many, how many hot dogs could you eat? Because I think I could eat like five. <laughs> I think I could get the double digits. I think, in an, I, think yeah. I could get the double digits, yeah. I presume we wouldn't do the like dunk it in water and like shove it in our mouths. I'm, I'm talking like you actually like you, you actually eat the hot dog. You put like ketchup and mustard on it and stuff. I'm not putting any ketchup. Or mustard. Um, I'm not going to. Whatever. Yeah, no. I think I could, get, I think I could get the double digits. I think that'd be a good get. All right. Well, sometime where we feel like throwing yeah, up, let's try let's do it. Do our own little uh, slow burn of a hot dog eating contest. Uh, I mean, well, I guess watching Joey Chestnut himself wasn't gross because he's absurd and it doesn't seem like it affects him. But watching the other guys who are like holding their mouths shut as they swallow, that was a bit much, a bit much. But I look forward to doing it again next year. Hopefully ESPN doesn't F it up. Yep. All right. What do we oh, got next? That's in that. Uh, next one. The match happened. Missed it. Um, purposely missed it. Had no interest in watching it. Uh, <laughs> Your boy, though. Aaron Rodgers. Your boy, though. Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau defeat Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. So take that, Tom Brady. Um, I just had no interest. I mean, I just couldn't. I couldn't deal with Aaron Rodgers. Smiling and having a good time. Because I'm mad at him. I'm mad at him right now. I'm mad at everybody in the Packers situation, but I love them all. Uh, and I just want to be him, like, chumming up and having laughs with Tom Brady and Bryson DeChambeau. That did not interest me in the slightest. So I didn't watch it. All right. But I have. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I think last year was a bigger draw because there was nothing else going Like, literally nothing else going on. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. This one is, yeah, it was just kind of there. Uh, but I missed it, so I'm sorry. Well, and Bryson, uh, Bryson DeChambeau is not a big draw for me. Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, I guess, are probably pretty equal um, as far as football famousness goes, right? Yeah. And obviously, still have Tom Brady and Phil. Who was the other golfer was it last year? Um, I can't even remember. It was Tiger. Because it was, it was Tiger. Tiger. Was it Tiger yeah. last year? Oh, well, that's why. That's why I wanted to watch yeah. it. I thought they was okay. it Tiger. I think it was Tiger. I'm pretty sure. All right, whatever. I remember Tiger being in one of these. It must have been. Yeah. One. All right. All right. I think I think it was just because if it, if if it was Steph Curry instead of Aaron Rodgers, I probably would have watched it. But I think Aaron, even if it was Bryson DeChambeau, I probably would have watched it. But it, because it was Aaron Rodgers, I just didn't want to see him smiling and doing his whole. I'm in a great place mentally thing. <laughs> Jesus. That's important. I understand oh, it, boy. but like, it's my football team. It's my football team. Like, I just didn't want All to. Right. All right. All right. That's the match. Um, yeah. What else you got? got? U.S. Bay basketball. Are they in trouble? <laughs> USA basketball has lost two exhibition games uh, yeah. leading up to Tokyo here. One against Australia. One, well, one against Nigeria, one against Australia. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. No. I mean, I think, yeah, no, not a good look. They were they've lost two in a row. I think they were fifty four and two in the previous fifty six match or previous. I think it, that was since it's we started using pros yep. again. Yep. Um. So that's why it's fifty six games. Um. I mean, losing to Australia, they're like a competitive on the national stage, right? I 
seen Australia be competitive or on the international stage, excuse okay. me. But I think losing Nigeria looks pretty bad. But to be fair... Nigeria just pounded uh, okay. their next game, and I forgot who it was. So they're surprising people. Okay. So maybe Nigeria's really yeah. good? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Are you worried, Marlo? Freaking Kevin Durant. Um, no, can't can't close against <laughs> Australia. Can't close against Australia. Yeah, it doesn't make. I mean, this team isn't bad. Like this team has players, right? This isn't one of the teams they kind of put together. I thought I was, you know, semi concerned since it would be going on through the finals that there's not players available to play, right? Um, yeah. But this team has players, and it doesn't mean doesn't make any sense. You know, I can understand. I get it. The the, the the times are just blowing teams out by 30 and, and whatnot are over. But losing two in a row, not acceptable. I'm sorry. This is USA Basketball. If we're going to send these players, they need to play. They should, they, they, they're they going to produce. They should, they'll be playing. So I didn't see any of the games, so I can't really break it down. But yeah. just the result of... I didn't feel like I need to watch these games, right? Because it should be wins. It should not should yeah. be dealing with this. Yeah, definitely should be wins. I mean, you mentioned uh, the main reason, right? They're missing the Bucks players, right? Yeah. right? They're missing Middleton yeah. and, and Drew, uh, who who would be there. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading about this. Tatum airballed the three pointer late in the game. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, the talent's there. Yeah. We shouldn't we shouldn't have to worry. Uh, there is a weird. It is weird though now because as the talent of the other teams in the world have kind of caught up a little bit they're not obviously still uh there's still a gap right? right but there seems to be this weird like international basketball is played differently than nba right. that catches us sometimes which as somebody who didn't play very high level basketball seems very strange to me it's like it's still basketball <laughs> it's still like we still have the best athletes we still have the best shooters like what a, why is this a problem but it does seem like it's becoming a problem a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, obviously, from back in the day where, you know, from the dream team. Yeah. So, are they in trouble? I mean, they're in the Olympics. I think, I, I guess, I, if your expectation is they're going to cakewalk this and win the gold medal, I'd say we're in trouble for that. Uh-huh. Um, but if your expectation is... Lower, I, I guess it depends on expectation. If, if we're in trouble, I would I would seriously raise a flag and be like, maybe we're in trouble from winning a gold. But I think you know, meddling for sure, right? But I could see us with these performances like this yeah. tripping up somewhere oh, yeah, and absolutely. losing to a team we shouldn't. Yeah. And like you said, that's not, not acceptable. Doesn't feel like an acceptable position that USA basketball should nope. be in. Agreed. All right. Well, right. we'll we'll keep an eye um, on that. They got three more games spe- before Tokyo. They what the U nineteen team won oh, though yeah. with Jonathan That's Davis. Right. There you go. Send them. Uh, he played some things, but he wasn't like a star player on the team. But I think he did well. But they won. Good job by them. Apparently, it was a close game with Canada in the semifinal. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, that's basketball. On to hockey, Marla. We're a hockey podcast yeah. now. Uh, that it's over. Stanley Cup was won. won it. You did it, Marlo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are they calling it? Um, what are they calling Tampa Bay now? Like, to the Lightning? No, they're, like, they're 
title something. Yeah, they did something with. Oh, the Champa yeah, Bay. Yeah, yeah, Champa Bay. That thing. Yeah, something great. Like that. Look, as as somebody who roots for a, a town that calls himself Title Town, how audacious of them! How ridiculous! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did watch it. I did watch the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I, nice. I did watch the game. Um, and, and, until the end and watch the, watch the cup go around which by the way is one of I don't know what is so enthralling about grown men with a big trophy skating around and kissing it but uh, mm. that presentation I don't know it's one of my it's one of my more favorites as far as finals go and pr- tr- trophy presentations yeah I th- it just I think a part of it is just seeing the joy and like the the achievement because uh, you you see it in the moment, right? In most things, and I think sports, you have a lot of that, right? But in like normal life, you don't have any of that. You don't have any like the kind of like, hey, I finally did it. I finally made it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really happen too often in, in normal life, and it definitely doesn't happen, uh, you know, kind of collectively with a group of people that you get to share together. Um, so that it, I think that's that's part of why I think it's really really special to watch. But uh, I think the skating is part of it mm-hmm. too. So I'm going to go from a real like a sentimental reason <laughs> to like kind of a, a funny one. The fact that they're skating around and holding it, it just adds like an aesthetic of, uh, I, that I really think is cool. I don't know why, but I like that they're skating and holding it. That feels really cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it is really fun to watch. And I've, as long as teams I don't hate win, I found myself watching a lot more trophy celebrations or like you know cutting down the nets and things yeah. like that. Like I, I, I used to never watch that. Like I watched when Messi won. I mean that was really sentimental for me. But I watched that. Um, but I've been doing that a lot more. Where I used to just be like, okay, turn this off onto the next right. thing. Um, which is which is interesting, but yeah, hockey is definitely one of the one of the ones I've I, I know I've watched a lot of. Why do you think it? Why do you think you like it so much? I don't know. I I think uh, yeah, part of it's the you know the pure joy. As far as they each do get like that time with the cup, where yeah. some of the other ones like the Lombardi Trophy, they kind of pass it around, but it doesn't it doesn't not like individual time, right? right. Um. And so they individually get to see the, the joy in each other's faces. They skate around. Yeah, and I think the skating's part of it. Like they're <laughs> gliding around while holding this thing above their head. Um, and maybe just the size of the trophy. Like the Stanley Cup is large. Yeah. Uh, com- you know, especially comparative to other trophies out there in other leagues. So I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it, I guess all those things combined kind of make it make it unique and different. Yeah, and it is cool when they're when they're like, all right, I'm done with it. Here, I'm giving it to yep. you, and now we're going to share in your celebration of yep. it. And then they get to lift it up, and they get to you know do all of that. That's that's pretty yep. cool. So yeah, Tempe wins again. Uh, obviously, we well, I guess there were badgers on both sides, but I was kind of rooting for uh, Montreal. You know, the whole north of north thing. Yeah. You know, my yep. High root for hockey teams, but. Um, yeah, I mean they were the best team back to back. Titles now for for Tampa yeah, Bay, so Tampa Bay. congratulations to them. There it is. All right. How many days a year do you? Is there ever a day in the year where there's ice in Tampa Bay, <laughs> like natural ice? No. Probably right. not. Most likely not. All right. Any other throw-ins? Stats department's on it. No. No, that's it. All right. Days. That will do it 
Uh, that'll do it for me, Casey. As always, you guys can find us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at MarloJR, Casey at ProfBadgerFan. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. Casey, that's it for me. You got any last words? It looks like it can get below freezing in Tampa Bay. It's happened in 2009. It was 32. It's 29 in 2008. And then 35. So it's been below freezing once uh, based on a quick Google search in 12, 14 years? 13 years? Mm. All right. There you go. There it is. There you go. So, of course, they have the best hockey team in the world. Um, All right. That's it for me as well, Marlo. Until next time, fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports.